Bipolar disorder is challenging to diagnose in children and adolescents, yet timely and accurate diagnosis is crucial. Delayed diagnosis can result in ineffective treatment and substantial morbidity, while a misdiagnosis can risk unnecessarily exposing patients to medication side effects and inaccurate expectations of chronic illness. Despite ongoing controversies about bipolar disorder in prepubertal children, there is a body of research specific to children and adolescents. In this episode, we will help unpack bipolar disorder and offer recommendations for assessment. Welcome to the Carlat Psychiatry Podcast. This is another episode from the Child Psychiatry Team. I'm Dr. Josh Fader, the Editor-in-Chief of the Carlat Child Psychiatry Report and co-author of the new second edition of the Child Medication Factbook for Psychiatric Practice, as well as the other co-authored Prescribing Psychotropics, also from Carlat Publishing. And I'm Mara Government, a licensed clinical social worker in Southern California with a private practice. We have some exciting news for you. You can now receive CNE credit for listening to this episode and all new episodes going forward on this feed. Follow the podcast CME subscription link in the show notes to get access to the CME post test for this episode and future episodes. Let's begin by discussing what exactly the bipolar spectrum is. Many researchers use the term bipolar spectrum disorder or BPSD to include cases of bipolar 1, BP1, bipolar 2, BP2, cyclothymia, and what DSM-4 calls bipolar not otherwise specified or BPNOS. Childhood BPNOS became operationalized by researchers to include cases where the manic episode had one fewer symptom than required for a classic manic episode, or the mood episode lasted at least four hours on a minimum of four separate days, compared to classic episodes that require symptoms to occur on consecutive days. Dr. Fader, can you talk about any relevant studies discussing the diagnostic progression of youth with bipolar, not otherwise specified disorder, BPNOS? Oh, definitely. Over 15 years ago, the multi-center Course and Outcome of Bipolar Youth, aka COBE study, recruited pediatric patients with an average age of 12 years with, quote, subsyndromal, unquote, bipolar symptoms and followed them for several years. Within five years, about 45% went on to meet full criteria for either bipolar 1 or bipolar 2, while 41% continued to meet the bipolar not otherwise specified criteria. Only 14% of kids with bipolar not otherwise specified showed partial or full remission within five years. So think about that. Most of the kids continue to have significant difficulties, right? This broader definition of bipolar disorder can capture many young people on their way to developing bipolar 1 or bipolar 2. However, it's still up for debate whether this broader definition includes youth who are moody for other reasons. Well-defined or not, Bipolar not otherwise specified in youth requires intervention because these children have problematic symptoms and impairment similar to youth with bipolar 1 or bipolar 2, including suicide attempts. Mm. 
What are some of the strongest risk factors of the development of bipolar disorder? Family history of bipolar Mm -hmm. disorder is among the strongest risk factors for its development. In children with a bipolar parent, also known as high-risk children, bipolar spectrum disorder emerges over years, usually by the mid-20s. The other thing to really watch for is that there can be a developmental progression of symptoms in some kids. So it kind of starts with sleep and anxiety symptoms Mm -hmm. at younger ages, like four to 10, and then stress, sensitivity, or minor depressive disorders in early adolescence from about maybe 10 to 13 years old, major depression, psychosis, or non-response to SSRIs in mid to late adolescence, and then finally, hypomanic or manic episodes in late adolescence and early adulthood. What about irritability? That's a really good question. Early researchers studying pediatric bipolar disorder suggest that chronic intense irritability was a form of bipolar disorder in prepubertal children. However, 20 years of research have soundly demonstrated that chronic irritability is distinct Mm -hmm. from bipolar disorder. And so DSM uses disruptive mood dysregulation disorder, DMDD, for youth with chronic severe irritability. Irritability can certainly be a prominent symptom in bipolar spectrum disorder, but the irritability has to be episodic and has to be accompanied by other symptoms of mania or depression to call it part of that bipolar spectrum. The chronic kind of irritability, that's more the DMDD thing. Another thing we need to think about is how prevalence rates of bipolar spectrum disorder differ between adolescents and children. Rates of the more broadly defined bipolar spectrum disorders are much higher than rates of narrowly defined bipolar disorder in children and adolescents. And this more pure form of bipolar spectrum disorder is far more common in adolescents than in younger children. Let's unpack this a bit. For bipolar spectrum disorder, a meta-analysis of 19 prevalent studies representing 56,103 subjects from 10 countries estimated the bipolar spectrum disorder rate among adolescents at a whopping 8.3%, while it was only 1.7% among children under 12. These prevalence rates were similar across countries. For classic bipolar one in children and adolescents, this meta-analysis had 14 studies reporting on rates of bipolar one. Four of these studies had zero cases and three found just one to two cases. This meta-analysis found that among all the 19 studies, the estimated rate of bipolar one was only 0.6%. The controversy around this topic persists, particularly regarding heterogeneity in the underlying epidemiological studies. For example, in the studies that found any bipolar spectrum disorder, the rates of adolescent bipolar spectrum disorder ranged from 1.2 to 14.3%. The debate goes beyond child psychiatry as there is active discussion among adult bipolar researchers about whether current DSM definitions are too restrictive, resulting in underdiagnosis of adult bipolar disorder. For more information on diagnosing 
bipolar disorder in adults, see the Carlat Psychiatry Report, November, December, 2021. What about bipolar spectrum disorder in prepubital children? People agree more about the rates of bipolar spectrum disorder in adolescents, but there's a lot of debate about bipolar spectrum disorder in prepubital children. Five studies of genetically high-risk prepubital children with one parent with bipolar disorder found no evidence of bipolar spectrum disorder. None. Zero. In contrast, U.S.-based researchers consistently describe bipolar spectrum disorder in prepubital children. Compared to other cohorts, U.S. kids also have higher rates of comorbid attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and other disruptive behavior disorders, as well as higher rates of social adversity. These research differences are reflected in dramatic differences in inpatient discharge diagnoses. Mm. The U.S. rates of discharge diagnosis of bipolar disorder for five to nine-year-olds are hundreds of times higher than in several other countries. Social inequity and trauma can also impact the diagnosis and treatment of bipolar disorder. In the U.S., Black adults and adolescents with bipolar disorder tend to be misdiagnosed with schizophrenia, and on top of that, they tend to be undertreated with medication. And the opposite happens too. Economic disadvantage often results in lack of access to specialty care in the U.S., and this is associated with overdiagnosis and overtreatment of bipolar disorder. For example, in Kentucky, 2.4% of six-year-olds are prescribed antipsychotics, often with a diagnosis of bipolar disorder. But the diagnosis and prescriptions are usually not made by child psychiatrists. Additionally, social disadvantage brings child adversity, trauma, and psychopathology. Aggressive children with histories of trauma and social disadvantage have disruptions in mood, thought, and behavior, which contribute to overdiagnosis of bipolar disorder, including in prepubital children. And to complicate matters even more, childhood abuse, neglect, exposure to parental psychiatric symptoms, and attachment difficulties may all increase the risk of early onset of bipolar spectrum disorder. So, given the complexity surrounding the definition of bipolar conditions, what tools or tips can help us sort out the diagnosis? It is really complicated, and you're right, Mara. We need to have some reliable ways to sort it all out. First, look at risk factors, especially family history. Children of parents with bipolar disorder have an estimated eight to 10-fold mm. higher lifetime risk of developing bipolar disorder than the general population. Also make sure to ask about family treatment as lithium response has a genetic component. And check for that developmental trajectory of symptoms which might show you an unfolding syndrome. It doesn't happen in every kid. It's you know maybe a percentage and not even the majority, but when it's there, it's kind of interesting and you'll want to be the one to spot it. Also look for substance use, which is so common too, especially when there's mood instability and people self-medicating. It's kind of a chicken and egg problem where some kids try to settle themselves down with substances. Others may be triggering their mood instability 
especially with like withdrawal, think about weed withdrawal. Mm -hmm. And both of those problems may be happening simultaneously. You also need to think about other conditions that might be causing the symptoms. Differentiating bipolar disorder from disruptive mood dysregulation disorder, ADHD, post-traumatic stress disorder, or oppositional defiant disorder requires attention to whether symptoms occur episodically or chronically. Ask multiple informants about the time course of symptoms, Mm -hmm. their onset, their resolution. Mood rating scales or checklists can help you and your patients more consistently identify those symptoms, but also improve diagnostic decisions and track treatment. The parent general behavior inventory or the child mania rating scale are really great examples of scales that you might use. A good social history can identify maltreatment, trauma, or extreme adversity contributing to mood dysregulation and inform your differential diagnosis as well. U.S. researchers have developed a risk calculator that uses Mm. clinical symptoms and family risk factors to estimate the probability that a patient will meet full criteria for bipolar disorder within five years. And you can also use it periodically to track care. This approach may motivate families to watch for symptoms and return for follow-up. And that calculator is available for free, and you can access that link on the transcript of this podcast. Can you talk a bit more about the relationship between substance use disorders and bipolar spectrum disorder? Yeah. Substance use disorders, or SUDs, occur in Mm. about a third of adolescent patients with bipolar disorder including alcohol, marijuana, and tobacco, other things. This combination is associated with earlier onset of bipolar disorder, severe symptoms, rapid cycling, and suicidality. One quick way you can assess for substance use symptoms is with a checklist such as the CRAFT. That stands for CAR, Relax, Alone, Forget, Friends, and Trouble. If your patient has a co-occurring substance use disorder, you need to treat both conditions together. For patients without substance use problems, talk to them and their parents about prevention strategies to avoid drug and alcohol use. For more resources about craft, co-occurring SUD, and prevention strategies, you can click the links on our website. Patients often feel demoralized by the time they are in the office. Sometimes they've spent years trying to help their child with little or no luck and sometimes getting worse. How should providers discuss the developmental costs of mood symptoms with parents? Really, you need to explain to parents that if they're seeing these shifting symptoms and if they're not responding to treatment, it might be part of this complicated illness and that it can take a long time for symptoms of bipolar disorder to become clearly visible. So there you have it. Bipolar spectrum disorder is rare in prepubital children, and bipolar 1 is vanishingly rare. Family history and history of adversity are important as are clear symptoms of mania and depression. There is vigorous debate about narrow versus broad definitions of bipolar disorder, with no age-based standards for appropriate levels of grandiosity, elation, or irritability, your diagnosis of bipolar spectrum disorder depends upon methodical assessment of symptoms, time costs, episodic patterns, 
and family history. Manic symptoms often emerge from a developmental trajectory of symptoms. So reassess bipolar symptoms as patients age and explain to patients and their families that this might happen. The newsletter clinical update is available for subscribers to read in the Carlat Child Psychiatry Report. Hopefully people will check it out. Subscribers get print issues in the mail and email notifications when new issues are available on the website. Subscriptions also come with full access to all the articles on the website and CME credits. And everything from Carlat Publishing is independently researched and produced. There's no funding from the pharmaceutical industry. Yes, the newsletters and books we produce depend entirely on reader support. There are no ads and our authors don't receive industry funding. That helps us to bring you unbiased information that you can trust. Go to www.thecarletreport.com to sign up. You can get a full subscription to any of our four newsletters for $30 off using the coupon code LISTENER. Thanks for listening and have a great day.